0: It was on a knife edge then for me, and I remember that. And I'm just glad that whatever good fortune I've had in my life was able to push me to finishing it off.
1: There are moments in your life which you remember finally arriving. You'd made it. But who brought you to that moment?
0: It feels incredible, and it feels good, and you feel less alone, and you feel more connected to people, and you feel that your experience is... Very similar to their experience.
1: Hey there, my name is Mark Fennell and this is Hey Guess What, presented by Telstra, a podcast all about the biggest moment in your life and, crucially, the person you wanted to share that with, because those connections say something about who we are. Today, one man and his little blue mate from Brisbane, who have connected to literally millions of kids around the world and helped change how families themselves connect. He is an artist, a producer, a dad of two girls, and he has helped create one of the most iconic families in Australian TV history. Yes, that's right, I'm committing to that. We're talking about this family. If you are a child under seven, or indeed you have kids that are under seven, you'll know that music. Bingo! You've probably heard it a lot over the last few months. That is the theme to Bluey an animated kids series launched on ABC Kids in 2018 and it has played in excess of 200 million times on ABC iview. The co-creator of this Australian-made blockbuster is Joe Brum and he reckons that... Well, he actually reckons that he fell into the world of kids' animation kind of by accident, but it was a particularly happy accident because it brought us bluey.
0: It's a show about dogs that love to play. It's a show about parenting and about being a kid.
1: That is perfect. And I particularly like that you said play because I think play is a really important part of this. Um, I guess let's just go back to the start of of Bluey before we talk about you, which is like, where did the idea actually begin? Because on paper it seems incredibly simple, but it's all about the execution.
0: Yeah, it is. To me, you know, there's no grand idea behind Bluey. or I didn't start with one. I knew I wanted to have, uh, you know, cartoon animals, and so I've always loved dogs and I thought, look, within, within dog species, you know, breeds, I guess, you get all that visual variation. You've, you can have Dalmatians and brown dogs and all this. So that's not any grand idea. It was then just, I guess, as we started executing it, you know, and we, I sort of put my um, myself into it. And, and then the, it really pivoted and became about play and about all the sort of things that come from that, that I think it really took on what it is that is appealing to people about Bluey.
1: Mm. And it is appealing to, like, I, I hate to underline it again, but it is appealing to literally millions of people around the world. It's not just been picked up in the US on Disney+, Plus. Uh, there's your partnership with the BBC, in China as well. I, I wonder, like, you're talking to us from your studio in Brisbane, do you feel the enormity of the
0: success? Well, yeah, like, it, it hits you in, in different ways. Ex-Australian cricket captain will email you one day and say his kids love the show and or you'll you'll just go to a restaurant and there's some kids being given a present and they're unwrapping it and it's a bluey doll, you know, like little little times like that when it's you know these sort of bizarre things happen that you go oh yeah like this thing isn't just on our rushes TV at work you know it actually goes out into the world and people watch it but I mean we're so busy making it sometimes you think it only exists on in the edit suite you know but when you, when you do go out in the world and you see it in people, the, the toys and the books in people's hands, it, it, that's when it becomes real for me. And indeed, it's very real to lots
1: of people. But I think one of the things that really defined Bluey, at least for lots of people I know anyway, is just how recognisably Australian it is. And unlike so many of the other preschool shows that kids can watch... Joe himself is a Queensland boy. He grew up in wide, jacaranda lined streets of the Sunshine State.
0: My earliest memory of drawing was just drawing a pair of shorts, and I still remember the shape of them. They were just, there must have been four or five, and they're just very boxy looking. But I just remember a thought in my head hey, that's a good pair of shorts. It's like, oh, like you can, oh, I've sort of figured out you can actually turn a corner.
1: Back when you were that kid drawing the shorts, like, I'm trying to get a sense of what teenage Joe was like. Like what if I was to talk to him, how different would he be from the the guy I'm talking to today? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: that's the best one-line answer to a question I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. Well, probably I would imagine, I'm hoping, like um drastically different. Yeah, it's I mean, I'm 42 <laughs> now, so um look, it's it's probably more the the pivot point is after I had kids. I feel like um that's maybe the the biggest pivot point in my life. Um that sort of that signaled probably the really rapid onset of responsibility and <laughs> and weight and stuff, the weight of the of consequences and things. So yeah, you know, I feel like I was kind of a teenager right up till that point. This eternal teenager
1: who loved to draw, he did what a lot of people do. He finished school, he went to uni, and he was lucky enough to pick up some work in Brisbane doing animation on this new computer program called Flash. Those short films, the cartoons that he did, they ended up being uploaded on the internet, which was quite groundbreaking at the time. And then he decided to give Brisbane a break and, like, heaps of Aussies in their early 20s, he looked for new horizons. And that is when Joe and some mates headed to London.
0: We were working on one uh, show called I'm Not an Animal. And um, and well, I must have been 22. And, you know, I was animating to Steve Coogan <laughs> and Simon Pegg and I had no idea who any of those were. It's so shameful. <laughs> so shameful now. You know, Shaun of the Dead is just <laughs> one of my favorite films ever. And Steve Coogan's a genius. And, but I just, I, I didn't know. So it was years later they said, hey, you know, that was Steve Coogan and, you know, Simon Pegg. So, but that was a really good show. That was an adult animated series um, for, for Baby Cow and the BBC. So I got a job there, but but then the following year was a lot harder to crack into. That was a real sort of bubble of of you're either in or you're out. And mm. and I was out for quite a few months and then a little stroke of good fortune where someone sort of got a name mixed up meant I accidentally <laughs> got in I got invited into a studio and by the time they you know, I rocked up, they were like, Hey, you're not this person. I said no, but I was already there and I showed them my reel and then that was it. I was in. And that that was the start of working in children's TV. So what was it about children's
1: TV that that you find creatively exciting for you? Are there specific things to children's TV that, that offer something that you can't get in other kinds of animation?
0: Well, uh, what I do like about working in kids' TV is if due to the nature of a really good preschool show, there's it's hard to get cynical about the project, but it's one I wanted to recreate for Bluey, you know, not just mm. the show, but that, that real team and that vibe you get when something's working.
1: Yeah. The other interesting thing I think about making stuff for kids is that you really can't hide, you know, it's either engaging or it isn't. They're either glued to it or they're bored. There's not a lot of space in between. So in that sense, as a creator, as an animator, it's kind of nowhere to
0: hide. No, no, they're pretty, uh, they let you know what they think. A Kid, that's for sure. It's, it's weird because sometimes I think my kids will just, when they're at that age, that they would just watch anything and- you know, sometimes it is just the moving colors and pretty lights and they will watch it, but, but they won't watch it again and again. Um, mm. I've, I've been quite amazed that Bluey has a, you know, it seems to be, it's a lot of rewatch, you know. But yeah, there is nowhere to hide and there's nowhere to hide when, when you are the writer of, of the series and I guess the creator. Now with Bluey, it's like there's nowhere to hide. It's like if this doesn't work, then it's on me, you know. I wrote this thing. That's been part of the fun of this thing. But, yeah, it's it's sometimes... It makes me really focus because there's nothing worse than that feeling of a kid just switching off to the show you've put so much work into.
1: Joe took what he could from the UK, both craft and connections, and newly married Joe decided it was time to form his own animation company, to make his own shows. But the question was where? London, LA, Sydney?
0: Nope. Joe headed to the
1: place he knew best, Brisbane.
0: Yeah, well, uh, I'd been in London for 10 years, so it was just time to go back. And I always knew that I wanted to give something like Bluey a go. And I just thought, look, you know what, I kind of need to do that in Australia where I can, I I know some people and I can, uh, you know, hopefully get some government grants and things like that. Mm. So yeah, that was, that was why we came back.
1: Is it true that you started your animation company with the baby bonus? Yes. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, tell me the story. How did it happen? Yeah, well, we just had my first daughter. I was working at an animation company. And I might as well give you the figures because it, you kind of relies on figures. Well, at least I, mm. I worked it out with figures. So I was getting paid $1,200 a week at this animation company. Uh, my, my first daughter was born, so I took some time off. And meanwhile, I was doing just an, a day a week Casual lecturing at the art college in animation, which was again was a real blast. But um, I was getting a little bit of money for that, and I looked at the baby bonus. It was about four grand, and I thought, you know what? Like with that baby bonus, and if I keep doing that day a week together, that equals my wage from the other company for about ten weeks, I think, or something like that. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to just give this a go. I'm going to start my own company, try and get some work in and I'll give myself 10 weeks and then that'll be it and I'll be out of money and I'll have to I can go back to my own job um <laughs> we have just bought a house so we had a mortgage as well so yeah and and job a little job came in little job little job then big job and uh, we didn't look back really that was my company joho and I worked it's still it's still around but That's god awesome. <laughs> to do that again <laughs> it's like <laughs> or if someone was saying, I'm thinking of doing this, <laughs> I would probably just say, look, just stick with your job. But no, <laughs> it, the thing is, I, I had to do it. I, I came back to start this company and I just think, look, you know what? That was the only way to do it.
1: Where did the idea, because you, you'd wanted to do something like Bluey for a while. So where did the idea first begin to crystallize from being sort of an amorphous collection of thoughts to being... Characters and a story. Like, t- talk me through that process.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. Well, uh, I'd had my daughters, and it just, you know, as you know, it kind of consumes your life. And yeah. it's then, I guess, what you're, you are on the road to becoming. It's your new hobby and job. So I thought, well, look, you know, I've worked in kids TV for so long. Now I've got these kids, and it just watching them play, I just thought, you know what? These games that we're playing. Uh, are really weird, and they go in really weird directions, and they're very idiosyncratic. These could be good fodder for episodes. You know, these this would be funny animated this little thing. And, and I, I didn't really have much more than that, so that was the the main little lightning strike I had. Because it, on previous shows, it tends to be writers, you know, sometimes, and a lot of the times I would say who uh, who maybe their kids are older. And it's about remembering back to what they did as a kid, which mm. is great. But you forget all the really weird idiosyncratic stuff, you know, that that you play one morning at five in the morning and then you never do again. But I thought, you know what? Well, I'm in the middle of this. I'm just going to remember this. I'm going to write that little game we played down mm. and make episodes about that. So that's kind of was the next step. That's how Bluey started taking shape. And so it's really
1: built around that the role that play has in in your house then. So it's really built around the sort of play being an important connection between you and your kids.
0: Yeah, definitely. Mainly because that's what the kids did for 90% of their time, right? If they weren't asleep or eating, you know, or whinging, they were playing with each (laughs) other by themselves, with us, with their friends. And it just suddenly, I don't know, there was a real change there. That was where I started actually reading about play. And I go. Okay, well, what is it that's this thing that's suddenly missing? What What was it about it that the kids love so much? You know, and and that's that started a real fascination with, I guess, the field behind you know, the studies play and its causes and its effects. That still is fascinating me today and has become the subject matter for, for, I'd say, 80% of the Bluey episodes. Pick an episode and a lot of them start in some little thing that I'd learnt about play and, and how it helps a kid develop into an adult. Please take your seat. The show is about to start.
1: <laughs> All right, here we go. Rack em and stack em, kids. You've got to <laughs> Bluey. Okay, Ready.
0: ready? Finish
1: line! Finish line! Finish line! Sorry, finish ladies. Finish 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 what should we play now? Ooh, I've got an idea. The idea for Joe really came out of his experiences of watching his kids play, and then he connected that to this concept of a family of dogs living in the Australian suburb, and just like that, Bluey was born. And now it was the world's turn to play along. So, you had this pilot, which is very Australian. It's really suburban. And, you know, there's no mutant teenagers, ninjas. There's nothing transforming into a robot. Did it feel special when it launched? Did you have a sense of how big it was going to get?
0: Yeah. I mean, I still remember, oh, like it was full on. We were still busy mid season. And I remember walking in and Sam our production manager just said oh my god your head must be so big and i remember what are you talking about and she just started <laughs> showing me some of the emails and then i started reading them and and realized oh okay like this is this is catching on um and then it seemed like people in my life were starting to say hey my friend who doesn't even know you is is kids are watching this show um but yeah it has it it's felt it felt weird mm. and bizarre and it still does
1: i've read you say that you You set out to not educate kids. I'm wondering if you could explain a little bit more about what you meant by that.
0: Yeah, what I meant by that was I set out not to make a show where you learn numbers or counting um, or any like overt sort of moral lesson, you know, where there's an adult going, see, now that's why cooperation is X or Y, you know, or see, we learnt that, um, you know, friends are all you need. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't want to do that. I kind of just set out. Look, I'm gonna if I'm gonna make a show, I'm gonna just try and make a show that makes kids laugh. Now, then, you know, I also wanted to have adults be able to watch it too because I wanted to make a show that um, I just thought it must be a great experience for a kid to to sit on a couch and watch a show with their parents, and the parents are laughing as well, and and kind of not separately, I guess. They are laughing at the same thing. I thought, wow, that that would be a great experience for a a five-year-old. Like, I I read a lot of emails or what do you you call them, tweets and stuff about people crying, you know. they watch Blue and they'll start crying and stuff. And yeah, it's a compliment for the show, but... So you're never that far from crying once you've had kids, man. Like, And they're four and seven. Like, you know, you're crying because you love your kids and because you're tired and because it's like, you know, it, it is something special going on. And and I've seen my mates who are very, you know, some of them, you know, grown adults, very um, sort of tough people. And, they, you know, but it's their kids that get to them. Their kids make them, you know, just all get a bit misty. So... It's just an emotional territory man when when you, as you know when you've got kids that age.
1: Yeah, but I think there's also something I guess what I I'm particularly curious about like through this thing that you and your team have created you've made this incredible sort of connection with millions of kids and millions of of parents who yes fair point we are on the verge of tears a lot of the times. I mean how does it feel to know that something you've made can have that kind of connection that, that, you know, reaches out to so
0: many millions? Yeah, I mean, it's been incredible. And, you know, we, like it was slightly unintended. We, you know, the show was to make a kid's cartoon and make kids laugh and, but I just slowly moved towards trying to, trying to look at what I'd learnt in my life for, since I'd been a parent and what had changed from my previous life and trying to really think and get to the bottom of those things and then, you know, try and learn something and then put that in the films.
1: As things got underway, Joe's family and Bluey's family sort of, let's just say there's a lot of overlap. In terms of the characters, though, you've got the mum, Chili, the two kids, sisters, Bluey and Bingo, and then, of course, his dad, Bandit. I need to dig the ground today. <sighs> What's today, kiddo? It's the weekend. That's right. How many games should we play? This many. Whoa. Okay, that's doable. I've got a letter for you. Oh, thanks, Bluey. What have we got here? It's a drumstick. Oh, you beauty. In so many ways, Bandit, the uh, the daddy dog, as my daughter likes to call him, he's breaking a lot of the tropes of animated dads in cartoons, like the bumbling buffoon. Like, he's not... Homer Simpson or Peppa Pig's Daddy Pig. Bandit is involved in home life, he's a part of the kids' playtime and when he does work, it's often sitting on his yoga ball in his home office. And talking to Joe, you do sort of feel that he... (laughs) I don't think he strayed too far from his own experiences to create that character.
0: I'm an animator and I've been an animator all my life, so I can... So far, I can only write very autobiographically. So I just started writing... And before you knew it, it was, you, you had some characters, but I just did what reflected my experience. And that was, you know, I was just, as soon as those babies came, there was work to do and, and my wife and I just sort of got about doing it as all my mates do.
1: Yeah. I mean I guess the thing is I look at Bandit and I think uh, I've had this conversation with other dads which is Bandit is a little bit like the dad you kind of wish you were sometimes in that he's yeah he's really active he's really involved but there's that ability to to get lost in the kids world and I think that now that I really consider it that hadn't I hadn't seen that done before like even you know much love to um you know Daddy Pig from from Peppa Pig but he's a bit of the He's got a slightly buffoony quality to him, whereas Bandit is really competent and he's engaged and he's fun and he's playful. He's he's like he's peaked at goals.
0: <laughs> yeah, he, I mean, he probably plays with the kids too much. I would say like, <laughs> it was a it was a a slight uh, divergence. It was a little fork in the road because you know all the research that I've been reading and all these books that I've been reading are saying, look, you know, fairly self evidently, so it's like look. Kids just meant to be playing with other kids, you know, like get them, <laughs> get them playing with other kids. That's where they're learning all this stuff. An adult generally will tend to come in and, uh, you know, we're, we're too far out of their world to really engage um, the same way that another kid would. You've clearly put a lot of thought into being a
1: parent and, and that sort of folds itself into the making of the show. I'm wondering if it works in reverse. Does spending all that time thinking about kids and parents, does it, make you a better parent?
0: I actually think being a parent has made me a better director. So I think being a parent has made Bluey better because creating and then making that first season, especially of Bluey, was was pretty challenging. Um, but I feel like I, if I hadn't sort of been hardened and able to, to write, and like one of the, the key things was being able to work, but also write, you know, when you're exhausted. I think before the kids... You know, if I was going to do something creative, like write a short film, like like the planets had to align. I had to be not not itchy, you know, I <laughs> had to have all my sleep. Like everything had to feel good. Whereas now it's like I could have woken up at three in the morning, no sleep, and I still, because it's got to get done, you just do it. And being a parent had sort of... Given me that ability.
1: The world win success for Joe and the team has been it's amazing. Uh, It's what do you got? You got a Kids Emmy, there's an actor award, there have been deals with the BBC, deals in China where it's dubbed into Mandarin. The show now plays on Disney Jr. and Disney Plus across the US. And it's actually important to note that the original Australian accents are heard on those platforms. And apparently, also, you can now hear some young American kids saying mum instead of mom because of the show. For a guy who accidentally set out on the journey drawing pants, connecting his own family experience to the world, as he says, this little show, I mean, to say it's been a wild ride is an understatement. When you first drew that character, did you ever think that this would happen?
0: Yeah, you know what, there was a a moment where making the pilot I was doing it nights, still, you know, raising the kids and working all day. And after about the second week, you know, I was Bluey was on a swing and I was trying to manage the little chain of the swing and a what's called a display order, which is, you know, I needed it I needed her hand in front of it, but of course the her sort of legs on the other side. And, you know, that sort of thing you get at ten at night, your brain's not working, I just could not solve this problem. And I remember looking at it going, you know what? If I quit this now, only I would really know. So I don't know what happened, but I thought, oh, look, you've started it, just finish it. And so I (laughs) figured the problem out and and finished the little one-minute thing and and that led to Bluey. And I bore my animators silly with that story. (laughs) I remember it so vividly. I was so close to just going, oh, to hell with this. Like I've got a job. You know, I'm making money in Joho, it's fine. I don't need to do this. But something in me wanted to, and I'm just glad that, you know, it, it was on a knife edge then for me, and I remember that. And I'm just glad that whatever good fortune I've had in my life was able to push me to to finishing it off.
1: I mean, I know everyone said this to you and I'm sure you're probably sick of hearing it, but it is really special. There's nothing, you know, like there's so few things I can put in front of my kids um, that they can hear Australian accents and things like that. And it means, and to have it not just be something Australian, but be like the best thing that we watch, it means, it really does mean the world.
0: Yeah, thanks, Mark. Sometimes I get emails from people saying, this makes me proud to be Australian. <laughs> totally,
1: that? totally. That, and I know that sounds lofty, but I, I agree.
0: Yeah, that's an amazing thing. Like if that's what Bluey does to some people, then that makes me really happy, to be honest. Um,
1: I was going to ask, what's the cue for
0: people wanting to be guest voices on Bluey? <laughs> yeah, well, um, you're definitely more than welcome to throw your hat in the ring. You'd, you'd like to give it a go. I have no career
1: goal higher than being a voice on Bluey. <laughs> All I want to do is be a voice on Bluey.
0: Well, I, I tell you what. I actually was in an animatic today, and a new character came up where he says he says yes, and that's it. Um, you, we could start with him if you wanted. I, I will take that. I will take that. Yeah. Do you want me to
1: just say it now
0: in a bunch of different ways, and we'll email you the audio, and you can tell me if it fits? Okay. Cool. All right. Well, you're you're a little teenager called Alfie, so Alfie's just started at at Meyer and yep. uh, and he's done really well and Bandit. You walk in, you're his boss, and yep. Bandit says, "Are you his boss?" And you have to and you're a bit confused because everyone's celebrating and you've just got to say yes. Yes? <laughs> am I am I older or am I younger? Yeah, nah, you're a little bit <laughs> older um, and just like okay. give it a little more like
1: yes. Yes? Yes?
0: Yeah, and imagine yes? there's a lot of people making noise in the room like cheering, so like okay. yes. Yes? Yes. Have I Beautiful. already been fired? Am I really bad at this? <laughs> no, no, you're good. Get, get a touch more confusion in your voice. Touch more confusion. All right. All right. Yes. Yeah, yes. that's good. Maybe like this. You ready? Yes. Yep. Yes. Beautiful. <laughs> All right. Send that through, man. You just, um, but look, I'll try and get you a more, uh, we'll see, Like we'll put your hat in the ring for a slightly more meaty role. <laughs> That's a, I more, more than one anything. syllable.
1: <laughs> I'll take anything, Joe. I really will. And that's me. I'm done. Fetch me the Zim frame. I can retire now. I have been a voice on Bluey. It is a beautiful show. And I think it's not just beautiful because of how well it's made. It's also beautiful because, for me, it is one of the few TV shows that is truly a shared experience with my kids. You know, a lot of other kids, shows. As, as an adult, you tend to glaze over a bit. But Bluey... There's something about it. We quote lines. We know episode titles, as you can hear. Um, And a very big thank you to a very busy Joe for sharing his story. He's a dad. He's an artist. He's a producer. And if you have not seen it, Bluey is available to watch on ABC Kids or on the ABC Kids app. And do keep yourself connected to this podcast. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favourite podcast destination. Each episode, we have got unique stories of Australians connecting at the most pivotal part in their lives. My name has been Mark Fennell, host, broadcaster, soon-to-be voice of Alfie, the teenage shop assistant on Bluey. (laughs) Unless I get fired, which I think we can both agree is a real possibility. Uh, Thank you for joining us uh, for Hey, Guess What, which is presented by Telstra, and I will catch you next time.